Hey guys, how's it going? Scott here, back with another episode of the SBL podcast. And today we've got the frighteningly awesome bass player, Mike Bendy, with us. Now, Mike's originally from Brooklyn, New York City, and you might actually be aware of Mike through his association with Federa Guitars because he plays an amazing-looking six-string Imperial from Federa. In fact, he actually worked there for a time as well and was lucky enough to bump into the likes of Anthony Jackson and Victor Wooten whenever they would visit the shop. Now, while Flea, Cliff Burton and Les Capel were early influences of Mike's bass playing, he really stepped it up a notch when he discovered the music of Jaco Pistorius. And then now fast forward to 2017 and Mike is regularly gigging with his own group, the Hipster Assassins, which features another insanely gifted bass player, Felix Pastorius, and drummer Kenny Grahowski, who I'm sure you might remember from our recent Academy course with Steve Jenkins. Kenny and Steve uh, tore it up when we were over in New York and recorded this awesome new course for you guys we actually record we released it last week not last week last month we released that course with steve and kenny so definitely check that out if you are an academy member at scott's bass lessons um but yeah so and really exciting news mike is actually going to be hooking up with us and they don't talk about this in the podcast this has actually been this has been fixed up after we did the podcast with mike mike's going to be hooking up with us over in new york in january and uh, and doing a doing a, a course for you guys if you are remember at scottsbasesessons.com but anyway i'm going to hand over to nick so you can find out more about mike but i do recommend go check him out check mike out on like youtube wherever you can find him because he's just so 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 damn good my jaw hits the floor every time i say see him play anyway i'm going to hand over to nick and the awesome mike bendy hey guys welcome back to another episode of the sbl podcast we're joined today by mike bendy who's taking some time out to catch up with us and and just tell us a bit about what's been going on with you mike um, let's begin right at the beginning, man. What's your kind of history when it comes to playing bass? Where did it all begin for you? Wow, that's a, that's a long story. But uh, essentially, um, my brother, John Bendy, who's an incredible guitarist. Yeah. When, when we were kids, um, he picked up the guitar. And I didn't really want to copy him totally. So I asked my dad to buy me a bass. And then from from there, we we just started playing. What kind of thing were you playing uh, then? What kind of music? Um, well, the test was if I was to get a bass, I had to play a, a bass line for my dad. So my brother taught me No More Tears by Ozzy Osbourne. Right. <laughs> so I, I learned that, that bass line, and uh, it was good enough to get a... I had a, I got an Ibanez CT series. It's a little black four string with like a super thin neck. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was the beginning with playing. I mean, in our house, my dad was, had a really good taste in music. So we're, you know, listening to Santana, Jimi Hendrix, Pink Floyd, a lot of rock and roll, uh, soul music too, like Wilson Pickett. So uh, I remember the first time I, I that music really struck me was uh, I was four years old. I remember there was those CDs you can order, Time Life, like music, and it goes through the years, like right. 50s and 60s, 70s. I remember hearing uh, Jimi Hendrix, Star Spangled Banner from, the, I think it was Monterey Pop Festival. And the way that uh, resonated with me, I was like, 
it was a it was like a spiritual moment i wanted i wanted to do that <laughs> and when did it become mean, more, of, more of a like a, a a long long-term ambition or aspiration to become a musician as soon as i started playing uh i was serious about it like my brother was a little older than me so i was introduced just from like school friends to les claypool primus actually my first we were big metallica fans from the beginning so uh cliff burton was my first bass hero so i was getting into that kind of rock and roll trying to get that kind of vibe you know as a 10 year old <laughs> so it was uh cliff burton then i found les claypool and flea then in like in seventh grade i i heard Jaco pastores for the first time and uh that was it that was when i really wanted to you know, like, like he did for so many musicians and people around the world. I was like, holy, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to do something like this. The whole energy, the, you know, everything that people have said about Jocko is all true. And, uh, I'm, uh, I'm grateful that he, uh, he played, played music on earth, you know? And did you go on then? I mean, it, a lot of people I talk to, they either go one way or the other. They either kind of transcribe everything he did note for note, or they just try to avoid it to not become. Oh, like I, a, a I absorbed. Yeah, I absorbed it all. I'm, it I'm, just, all in, I'm yeah. still so passionate about, you know, his music is playing what he's done for music. I took it all in. I, I learned, I tried learning the stuff in high school. I, in high school, I was very fortunate. I had a, a band teacher, a music teacher, Mr. Myruski, and I, he got me into uh, theory classes. So I learned how to read. I learned the theories, basics around piano, played bass in band, did marching band. So I got like the schooling part. Thank God from him. And uh, then I just started diving deep, you know, with the Jocko stuff. Then you know, Victor Wootman. I was born in 82, so I'm 35. So it was in the 90s, you know, Robert Trujillo. Remember that first bass player magazine cover yeah. where he's fucking jumping yeah. on the sand with that Ernie Ball bass? Like, this guy was cool. Um, oh, man. Like, all those players. Victor Wootman, that was, you know, another game changer. O'Teal Burbridge. Then in the New York scene, you know, remember the 55 bar. I was there every Thursday seeing Tim LaFave and Keith Carlock, Wayne Kranz. Every other Tuesday when David Binney was playing with his great groups. You know, that, that was my education, I guess, would be the 55 bar. I was going there since I was 18. And, you know, it's the legendary jazz club in New York City, if anyone does know. And everyone has played there. Jocko, Mike Stern, all everyone. People have even died there, but that's a secret. But, uh, <laughs> so yeah. And where would you say your playing is at now? What kind of things are you trying to get to grips with on the bass or, um, what kind of writing style, playing style has kind of evolved from all those influences? Well, I've progressed. I remember I started on four string then I got five string, like in high school, started developing the extra string. And then about maybe six years ago, I picked up my first six string. So just expanding and visualizing, you know, the, the 
theory on the neck, all the shapes, and just building my harmony wise. I love building with chords. So, you know, you could do rhythmic chordal playing. And then I utilize my MacBook Pro using Logic to get the ideas out. And then if, you know, people are willing and brave enough, we'll, uh, then it'll go to the human element, you know, because I program everything just so I have it as a record, you know. So when I die, people can appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> what was the biggest challenge when you switched up to a six, six string? It was, well, you know, on the five string, you have the two octaves and you can get that in one position, just the extra fourth. But then I, instead of seeing it all like that, then I would just like position like my hands if I had a five string tune B to G or E to C. So that kind of helped me visualize it better. How about technically? Did you find it tricky just to, just to manage that, that extra kind of? Well, yeah, I, I like the more narrow spacing. So uh -huh. the guys at Federa, Vinny, Joey, Jason, Vadim, the, on my latest space, it's a um, 17 millimeter spacing instead of the standard 19. So it's right. a, easier on your hand. So that helps out a lot. And my action is nowadays is set pretty low on the, on the six string. And then I, I recently acquired, which is, this is an incredible story of like synchronicity, but uh, I acquired a, um, a 1960 jazz bass, all original with the blonde white color. It's just ridiculous. But that, you know, that the, those instruments you set up differently to get tone out of it. On a Federer, you can set up as low as you want, as high as you want, as, as long as you know how to use your hands so you can make it sound incredible you know how have you built up that dexterity i mean i've seen you get some of your youtube videos and your soloing is just monster like super rapid um how have you built that up to be able to deliver that well being you know being a kid learning all the the jocko grooves and learning his solos with the, with the two-finger technique that definitely built the dexterity i mean my my brother and i when we had our, we had a trio with Julius Pastorius, the Bendy Pastorius group. I mean, we were playing five, six nights a week at, during runs down in South Florida. So we were playing a lot. We would rehearse as well. So just, I mean, I it's want, repetition. you know, yeah, repetition, always getting inspired by people around me. Like I remember Nick Epifani brought me to my first NAMM show and just like going there as a kid and just seeing all these amazing players that you know are going to the Federa booth it just really got my ass in gear to like practice and study hard that first happened like right after like in high school went to a certain level then like getting out of school and breaking out of that shell like hanging in new york city becoming friends with matthew garrison and and like anthony jackson to have those type of mentors as a younger guy was really cool yeah i can imagine that wow and those guys as serious as it gets you know like there's that's what they do this is who they are can we touch on your um, your story with federa sure so let's see i'm kind of a computer nerd too so I, 
my dad was always into computers. My dad was an inventor. He was a crazy Polish renegade cowboy. Mm-hmm. And he did a lot of crazy things for money. But uh, so I learned some basic web programming through my cousin who was teaching a course like in Queens, New York. So I, I know Nick Epifani needed a website. So that was kind of my in into that yeah. in the industry city. Nick Epifani was on the second floor. I started work with him on websites, building speaker cabinets. And then literally I worked my way up the stairs to Federa and they, they took me in to redo their website back, back in the day. And, uh, they taught me, you know, they brought me aboard as a, as an employee. So I would learn the, you know, wood carving, whatever I could do. I mean, those guys are masters. I'm not a woodworker. I was, but being there, um, every, all the great players coming through those doors was quite the education too. And be able to interact with them, not just read about them or, sure. you know, yeah, yeah. or YouTube it. So the human element, you know, they're people and they're, and they're funny guys. That workshop is an incredible place to be. Just seeing those guys work <laughs> yeah. by hand. It's just amazing. I mean, did that inspire you as well musically or just to change the way you thought about the bass a little bit? Oh, absolutely. I was a young 20-year-old. My ego was super humongous. I thought I was just, I was in the mecca of the bass world, Yeah, you know, just a young punk and they dealt with me. I was I was in 7th Heaven. It was, a, it was a great time. And how do you think having a bass like that where you've seen how it's made, You've seen the attention that goes into it all by hand. You're able to adjust whatever you want. I mean, Vinny and those guys can do it for you. And then picking up, like you said, an old vintage jazz bass, which has been played. Well, 60 years old. Yeah, man, I mean, that's incredible. I mean, how does it compare when you, when you think a kind of custom made towards a bass and then another bass that's just got that much history? Do you get a, a completely different vibe of it? Can you play well, it the it- same way? I can, thankfully, I can adjust my my technique. Well, I mean, the, the Fender Jazz Bass. I mean, that's like you know, that's like the Godfather. That was the the gateway. And those guys at Federa respect what Leo Fender did. And the, you know, he wasn't even a builder; he was a freaking engineer. Right. And he and he got it right. You know, most part with everything. And they yeah, took yeah. yeah, and and then you know, Federa and other great builders that are out now. They took it kind of, you know, fine-tuned that, took it to the next level. It's like a freaking Ferrari or Maserati, Bugatti, you know. It's it's really, it's incredible. It's like magic. And, and I'm glad I'm on Earth during the time that they're, they're here doing, making these incredible instruments. But, I mean, I just saw them, how they do it. It's, a, it's an art form. I know, you know, the value of, high quality woods, the craftsmanship, the time it takes. It's, it's incredible. So, you know, they have a high price tag, but it's worth every penny and more. It's only good. You know, you get your new Federa. It's amazing. But what about 60 years later when it is the age of the 1960 jazz bass, it's going to be like a Stradivarius. They only get better because all those, the, the vibrations and the resonance is actually molding that instrument from a tree to a, you know, a vehicle from your soul to 
third dimension. And it, Said it here. <laughs> the school of thought. I know Felix has spoken to me about this before, where the, the instrument will actually adapt to the way you play it. Yes. You think so too? Yeah. The same kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the single cutaways, the Imperial. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, almost, it's like, you remember a Nintendo used to have the game Genie for cheat codes? Right. It's yeah. kind of like that. It's just like, it's effortless. And, you know, it's not going to make you a, a Victor Wooten or a Matthew Garrison or O'Teal Burbridge, but they, it is an instrument that if you put in the time and if you have the talent, you can, you can get there. Can we touch on some of your musical projects, man? I, I've been following you guys. Um, I mean, you're playing down the 55 bar quite a lot now, right? Yeah, tonight, to be exact. Playing tonight, cool. We do, yeah, I, I, I play with Felix Pastorius. It's a dual bass project. Well, it's not just a bass project. It's, a, it's called the Hipster Assassins. My right. brother, John Bendy, is in there. Chris Ward, amazing saxophonist. He's on tenor there and uses technology and effects. And then one of the most amazing drummers, Kenny Grahowski. Yeah. It's just, he's a f-ing animal. I love it. It's just, and that's like, literally, I look forward to that every month playing with those guys because it's, you know, the day to day, you know, being a good husband, have a house. I got two kids. I can't, you know, I have a day job. I work for, Apple, the biggest company in the world, and it's thank God for them because I can uh, still play music, pursue my passions, and not want to kill myself. Yeah, you know? sure. <laughs> but yeah, playing with those guys, it's it's really what I look forward to, and it's unique. Yeah, I mean, how two bases. It's like it's pretty exploratory, isn't it? Very exploratory, high energy kind of. High, yeah, high energy. We just we just let it rip. Is there a plan? Is there a plan? Yeah. Um. Yes. Well, we need to record because we have a, a pretty big library now, and you know we got to get the that project recorded. And I mean, the sky's the limit. We can we can do whatever we want. I, I mean, I hope people are interested that we would love to tour with it. We would love to bring it places, but you know, that just things take money and planning and sure. Calendars to align. <laughs> how about from a musical perspective? I mean, how much is it a case of just getting up on stage and seeing what happens and how much is pre-planned or rehearsed? Well, it's, you know, it's, we have our song forms and then everyone, who wants to gets to stretch out when they feel it's necessary and there's no structure to that you know there's just we're playing the head or certain forms of the song and and it just and it goes and being it's, it's at the 55 bar mostly and all of the great musical lineage that has played there it's like you're in a a, a portal channeling this great music it's really really special and it's super small very intimate it's all divey, which I like. I like I like divey places. <laughs> What's the kind of? Um, I mean, it's a really interesting setup, like you said, with Kenny on drums is just amazing. You and Felix as well. Yeah. That kind oh, of yeah. like, how does that kind of work? 
Well, it's really trippy because, you know, we've, I mean, we've been friends since 2000. Mm -hmm. So almost 20 years we've, I mean, we've been tight literally right from the beginning and we've seen so much in life and experienced so much in life together that it's, you know, it's a strong relationship and he's just, I mean, he's the greatest. He's, he's got it in his DNA. He's, he's the next level. He's the real deal. And it's inspiring, you know, we're just, I was standing right next to him. And when we were both doing this, this, this thing called music and it's, I'm really grateful for it. Man, I think you're right up there with me, man. I think you're um, sounding great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we're, we we both do our thing, you know. No one's better than no one. It's just <laughs> a different perspective. Do you ever worry about some guys might may think you, you're kind of taking the role of the bass, I mean, to a complete another level? And... You know how some people, like kind of traditionalists, would rather just see one bass player up there playing a four-string, holding down sure. notes. Um, Does that ever I mean, c- come into your mind at all? It's it started a while ago. Um, Felix and Julius's mother, Ingrid, um, she was she she got us all together. She was she was a great planner for the future, yeah. but um, she always had the vision. She for years and years to have two bases on stage. And so we started back then and then, you know, kind of to honor her, we, we kept it going and it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, we're two six string bases up on there. Um, I mean, I can imagine you try, trying to sell that to like a, a promoter <laughs> or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, yeah. it does, it works. It really works if you see it. It works and having, you know, the caliber of players in there and, you know, people would give it a listen and give it a try. People have, you know, we've, we've taken it to, uh, we went to LA, what was it, two, almost two years ago for the, the grant, you know, I guess the screening of the Jaco Pastores documentary that Robert did. So that was, that was crazy, man. I, I got to meet one of my other base heroes, Duff McKagan there finally got to meet flea there. I mean, Jerry Jamont was there, but then, uh, the bassist from, uh, Robert DeLeo was there too, from SDP. So all these guys that I look up to were there, but yeah, with that, it was a couple thousand people sold that show. That was, that was crazy. That was, it was fun. And, you know, Felix gets offers around the world to bring his project. So, it's just a matter of time, you know, everything's positive. I'm in the best shape of my life. You know, I used to be a crazy asshole, but, uh, I got married. I had kids, I, you know, work out. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. Everything's good. Oh, I'm glad to hear it, man. Well, I really hope that the, um, the project takes off and yeah. Me too, man. It's got so much potential and you guys are great and the energy is incredible. And, um, thank you. Yeah, man. Keep up the good work. All right. All right, man. Well, thanks again for hanging out today. Um, right. Enjoy the gig tonight. What time are you on? We start at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And how often do you on that? Is it a regular? We have a, yeah, it's a Friday every month. So whenever Scott, the owner of 55 Bar, wants us, we're, we got that residency. 
All right, guys, we'll get down to the 55 bar and um, check these guys out. You don't want to miss Yeah, thank you, gu- thank you guys so much for listening and uh, encouraging me through the way and liking what I do. I like what you guys do. Okay, guys, thanks again for hanging out and checking out this episode of the SBL podcast. As always, we'll be back next week with another awesome guest. Now, in the meantime, if you've got a week doing nothing, I recommend going over to scottsbayessence.com and checking out the membership there if you're not already a member. I know a lot of you already are, but if you're not a member and you are invested in getting your base playing to the next level and you really want to push it, come check out the SBL membership. It is the number one, it's the ultimate online base platform um, for base players such as yourselves trying to get your base playing to the next level. We've got the largest online course library for base players. We've also got live stream seminars going on each and every week where all of our students can interact with some of the best base educators on the planet. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. We've got a ton of cool stuff going on. You can try out the full thing for 14 days for zero cost just to see if it's you know see if it's for you and you like what we're doing but trust me when you join we will blow you away and and hopefully you will stay stay on as a member as well so other than that guys take it easy and i'll catch you next week see you in the shed